you know, Fresno State's earned the, earned the right to, you know, have that type of and at all. So I think things like that could help with, uh, you know, recruiting as well. So I think it'd be cool. I think definitely they, they got the personnel for it and, and definitely the coaching staff. You know, I, I love uh, I love those guys over there. So hopefully I wish the best for them. Let's go! The 4 o'clock football frenzy on Cofield and Company. Company. Rolling into the 4 o'clock hour. John Von Tobel coming up at the end of the hour. We're going to get a uh, Niners guest in at 4.15 as we start to preview the opponents for your Las Vegas Raiders. We'll go from the uh, back end of the season to the very beginning of the season. Adam Hill is here. It's Cofield. <laughs> Devontae Adams on the way back, by the way. Is he not following conference realignment talk minute to minute? Apparently not. Listen, I know Devontae and Carr are Fresno State loyalists. That school should not be a top choice to go to the Pac-12. No. Well, this, this whole thing is absurd. It's kind of why I threw the question at him. <laughs> I just want to see what he had to say. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, he, I mean, it's, you know. it's your school, so of course sure. you're gonna you know you're gonna throw it out there that you know they deserve to be there. I was hoping he would just say something like that. I would rather go D2 than go up to Pac-12. That'd be great. Uh, no, yeah. I mean, it'd, be nice. it'd be nice for Fresno State to get to the Pac-12, get some more money. I don't know what the new Pac-12 would look like, uh, but I don't think that you'd bring Fresno to the table to TV people and they'd be like, yep, let's go. Well, for those who missed it. Tens of millions of dollars. For those who missed worth it, it. The, the reason that the question was asked by, by me to Devontae was the other night there was a rumor that said there, the Pac-12 will invite San Diego State and Fresno State within the hour. Right. Like, wait, where did this come from? And then Mark Ziegler, who's very much on top of the San Diego State side of things, within a few hours is like, that's not true. Yeah, not happening. So it's and we play JD. We play JD Wicker from ESPN National. Q interviewed him last week, and yeah, maybe JD Wicker's kind of slow playing it publicly, but he said, "Listen, the window for TV negotiations for the Pac-12 closes at the end of August, so I don't think they have to rush. They want to get a lay of the land." Sure. See what the deal is. Well, the, the rush is I mean, yes. The all the the TV deals and all those things are obviously massively important. No question about it. But really, the rush is because we the the major mistake the Pac-12 made, and we said it at the time, was before this season, we're good, we're good, we are we like where we are. We're not expanding. We're not going to make any aggressive moves. Right. And at the time, we said, well, then you're if you if you're not moving forward, you're moving backward, and mm-hmm. that's what happened to them. Well, and they got devastated and sideswiped by especially UCLA. Because not, they didn't, not not contacting the governor, yeah. not not contacting anyone in the UC system. Regents had no idea because they weren't aggressive. And you're right; that is one of the reasons that they snuck around behind the Pac-12's back and are like, "Hey, it's nothing's changing. We're especially UCLA. We're you know we're like 90 million plus in the soup. We need this money from the Big Ten. Yeah. So so the the urgency I see is more yes, the TV deals and all those things for sure. But it's I still fully believe either the Big 12 or the Pac-12 survives, not both. And so you have to take somebody and, and and move and improve your status before the other conference does and wipes you out. Because I think they're going. I think one conference or the other will improve their status and then pick over the carcass of the other one. I want to make sure we have this one right before we wrote the guy to shreds. Okay. Big Ben. Just retired. Remember, the Steelers only won three postseason games 
after 2010. He says, I feel like the game has changed. I feel like people have changed in a sense. Maybe it's because I got spoiled when I came in. The team was so important. It was all about the team. Now it's about me and this and that and the other. Do you want to start? He's right. The game has changed. I mean, they actually aggressively pursue and try to discipline rape cases. The game's changed. Alleged. As rape cases, not right. Right. not actual rapes. Right. They they pursue and investigate, which they didn't do before. Uh, so you're, the game you're being changed. you're being a smart Alec. Uh, I, mean, I, I, mean, I wasn't even talking about bad. I just made in general. If anyone, if anyone would know about being coddled, it was or yeah. is Roethlisberger yeah. because he was incredibly coddled. The NFL and the Steelers helped to soften the blow on two of those cases. And by all reports, he was an absolute terror horse's ass. Early in his career. Early in his career. And right. the, well, then he, he was well with the suspension and then he got married and he credits his wife for turning him around. Then he became, don't say anything, Big Ben, good behaved Big Ben. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we forgot about those days. Suppose, we're supposed to forget about those days. But the way this reads is, and listen, he, if, he wants, if he wants to take a shot at Le'Veon Bell, you don't have to speak you know, in code or Antonio Brown. Say it. Yeah. Say it. Yeah. But I will tell you, if I was on the team now and I was asked about what a good leader, what a good guy, what a good role model is over the last five years, and I, again, I'm on the Steelers the last five years, and I had to carry the party line for this guy, who is not a sweetheart. And then he does this? Yeah. Bruh. Now, I guess the, the response to that would be, why are you getting mad if you're a Steelers player, if you're not one of the coddled players he's talking about? Well, aren't you also, if you're Ben, aren't you also taking a shot at Tomlin? I mean, who's coddling the players? I, I, I'm sure that what he would say is a generational generational coddling, but wouldn't that affect other teams too? How, how, what, how old is he? He's like 70? 38. I mean, can you be 38 and do kids these days? Like, I'm not even comfortable doing kids these days. 38? You're going to do kids these days? He's an old soul. Come on, man. Is he getting into broadcasting? Because that's going to be insufferable. He's not interesting. I mean, it has, do you remember? Maybe he just wasn't. No, he, he played an act. He can be. He can be a biting guy. That's the way he was early in his career. I mean, I don't remember. Can he crack out of the, you know, wife-created shell and be himself again? I don't. Re- I just don't remember that Roethlisberger of being, you know, interesting. I'm sure I'm, I'm sure you're right. I just don't remember it. I, mean, I've, I remember boring, say nothing, Ben. By the way, let me give him credit. He's 40. Kids these so you're days. right. I guess the cutoff is 39 to do well, kids to, these days. To you, 40 is 60. I mean, that's what you've done with me on the show. Okay, yeah. So I, I suppose he can be kids these days. It's silly. He just retired like three months ago. It's crazy. But I, I and he's I, gonna he's gonna be a revered figure around the Pittsburgh Steelers community. Of course he is. Moving forward, really? Of course. Uh, God. I, by the way, I. Nothing I like more than Steelers fans crushing Deshaun Watson and the Browns. It's hilarious. Oh God, <laughs> it's, it's hilarious. Talk about a lack uh, of self awareness. Get out of here. <laughs> but, but I, I, I think I don't know. In, ter- in terms of Roethlisberger, I, I don't. I, I'd like, I'd like somebody to clarify and follow up on him and say, you mean all kids, or was your organization coddling these young players? Because if you're talking about young players, everybody's got them. Why were they beating you? Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas.
It's time for Cofield and Company's Las Vegas Raiders opponent preview. Let's break down the Raiders versus the 49ers. Yep, going from the end of the season to the beginning, and one of the final games of the season is the Niners game on New Year's Day. Tracy Sandler does the podcast on the Believe Network covering the Niners, and she gives us a couple minutes here with Cofield and company. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Very good. Very good. So we want to dive into the uh, the big stories around the Niners, especially uh, at the start of the season here. Where are we on Jimmy G? Totally cooked? Yeah, fine. Or do you have to burn the hell out of him and dry him out? I mean, I I overcook everything because so I'm scared of poisoning myself. Chicken's a nightmare. Yeah. The wings. Wings are rough. They are. For sure. I did fries yesterday. Good. Had some people over. Yeah, they're very good. We froze. I'm what am I sitting there cutting up a fresh potato? They're frozen fries. I mean, you can't really screw them up unless you burn them I could. or undercook them. I could. Had some mozzarella sticks. Maybe wanted to get rid of them. <clears throat> Is that a bad thing? I go into the freezer. I'm like, you know what? Let's get rid of this stuff. By eating it? Yeah. <laughs> yes. I didn't eat it. That makes sense. Just laid them out for everyone. Yeah, they were fine. They're frozen. Okay. Frozen food never goes bad. Although I did, I did find some. Uh, I found some Boca burgers. Um, From what year? Well, that was a question. Uh, I had some people over. I don't know. It's probably four years ago now, and someone wanted some veggie burgers, and it was really before Impossible Burgers and whatever else. You know, the the fake burgers came out. Sure. So it was kind of veggie burgers with a. So I, I actually cooked them up, and I took a couple of bites, and I was like, no, which is a rarity. I never sure. throw food out. Sure. I was like, I probably paid you know $4.90 for these Boca burgers. I'm going to throw them out. It's tough. That's a tough loss. It's a tough pill to swallow, lose that five bucks. So we've got a decision here. We've got five minutes. You, as you often do, will make jokes, inside jokes, on stories that came out 15 minutes ago. Assuming the audience knows what the hell you're talking about. So you made a mention of Kyler Murray studying. Do we talk? These are the two big stories right now on Twitter. Kyler Murray and his contract clause that forces him to study. That's number two. And number one could be the ending of the Choco Taco. I'm seeing some good theories. Do we we save Kyler Murray? Do we drag this out now? I just told everyone we're going to answer it. Do we drag it out to the Big Five? Well, it's clearly the number two story. All right, it's in the Big Five now. Okay. Something will go by the wayside in the Big Five. Kyler Murray being forced to study, I think he's going to be number three in the Big Five, if I remember the rundown today. Choco Taco is definitely blowing up. I'm going to say that when I read this, I immediately searched for verification because it was, you know, again, Jimbo's ice cream info.com. <laughs> They're usually pretty reliable. No, they're not. No, nor is Jimbo's NFL.com. You got to check the sources, folks. But then Adam started deep diving, and we got comments from Klondike. So if you don't know what the Choco Taco is, it's a dessert. It's a beautiful you know, waffle taco with ice cream in it. It is one of the ultimate snacks to grab from a convenience store. It cannot be going away. It can't. This will ruin my August. I don't want to... What is Klondike saying? Well, first of all, I don't want to... Don't create mass panic here, please. No, I'm not. I'm going to go the other direction. I've never tried one. You've never had one? No. 
I actually think it's better than the Klondike Bar, which I think a lot of people right now are driving off the road on that one because people really love that that dessert. More of a uh, drumstick. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's the same concept. I do, that's why I, I, think, a lot of I ways. think they're the same thing. Just different shapes. You're in again Friday. I'll, I'll uh, If I remember, I'll bring in some Choco Tacos. Got to eat it right at the beginning of the show. That'll melt. I'm out. And you have to eat it outside of the studio. Only Ari's allowed to eat his granola in the studio. And then he snitches on everyone else who eats him. Uh, he get, he, I swear, last week, he get, two weeks ago, he gave uh, Willie a tongue lashing. Willie came in with like a whole meal, and he's like, get out. And Willie's like scurried to the break room. He's sitting there eating, looking all sad. I'm just sad about Ben Wallace being gone. That's the real sad thing. Uh, yeah, I've never tried one, and I, I don't know that I will. But yes, here's. A lot of people started circulating on Twitter today, as you said, Bob's Clown Ice Cream Info, whatever, right. .com, sure. started it, said the Choco Taco has been discontinued. Many prominent people started a mass panic about this development. You, you, you find out what things really are a big deal. Of course. So I saw some people, including Golick Jr., who this is right up his alley, obviously. Mike Golick Jr., yeah, former uh, ESPN. Was really, really trying to track down the information. Now, he got a response. That said something along the lines of, we're not selling the four-packs anymore in the stores, but it'll still be available in singles, convenience stores, ice cream trucks, that sort of thing. And so he retweeted and said, false alarm. But it looks like that has been deleted Mm. because he just retweeted another statement from the Klondike official Twitter account. And now he says, not a false alarm anymore. That, yes, it has been discontinued. Some of their other products have gotten far more popular over the last couple of years. And they're going to focus on making those instead. Now, I just saw another theory. If you want to go conspiracy theory, there's always something. There is now a backlash saying, we all know what they're doing. They're going New Coke. Now, I'm bringing up New Coke because I actually watched a documentary on New Coke last night. Phenomenal. Uh, What's that on? Uh, it's actually, it's a it's 14 minutes on YouTube. Okay. And there's a guy that makes. I, I can do that. There's a guy that makes Rise and Fall of. Dot, dot, dot. Nice. All these different companies and like what happened, what they do right, what they do wrong. I've watched like 30 of them now. They're great. But I watched the rise and fall of New Coke and what happened there. Uh, Really interesting stuff. But they're saying that Klondike is trying to go New Coke, which essentially it's gone. No more. And then in three months, there'll be such an outrage. Bring it back. Jacking up the price. Let's go. Now, if that's the case, then screw Klondike. Even even though the Choco Taco doesn't affect me because I've never had one, right? That's that's garbage. All right. Well, I mean, we got to get an expert's opinion. Um, Is it? Wait, doesn't Taco Bell have like the exclusive rights to Choco Taco? On the way back, we have to get an expert's opinion, a Latino male, and we'll have him ask his Latino wife. John Von Tobel is in on the Choco Taco. Join the conversation on Twitter at Cofield and Co. Company's eye on sports betting with John Von Tobel. All right, here we go. JVT is in on this Monday. John, how you doing, buddy? I'm all right. I had something happen to me earlier today, and uh, other than that, I'm doing okay. <laughs> Did you find out that the uh, Choco Taco is being discontinued? Was that the thing that makes you sigh right now? Uh, no, I, well, and I haven't had a Choco Taco since I was like eight, although it's a fantastic invention. So that does bring me down a little bit. No, I assume, it was, um, I, I assume your wife has them all the time. 
I don't even know what to say to that. Like, it's <laughs> unreal, isn't it? It's, it's unreal. It's, it's kind of aggressive <laughs> because of the race of my wife. It's, <laughs> well, that was that was my joking tease going to break that you know, but we know we know the Choco Taco is for everyone. Yeah, it, it is. Although I will say, <laughs> it's kind of aggressive. A pretty good shot. This person is listening. So it, for if, if you're listening, just know it's a joke. I understand yeah. <laughs> that we we find comedy and everything, but I will say that. Somebody close to me and my wife one Christmas uh, gave her a taco platter, yeah. and uh, yeah. the response was, "Well, you love to make tacos, right?" And it's <laughs> like, "Well, see, I, w- I was joking, but it was—it's real life. These things it can is. happen." Uh, but no, I mean, what happened to me earlier today is involves Mexican food, but it does mm-hmm. not. I know it. I know it. I know it. Um, so what happened? I went to. I went to Chipotle, and as you guys know, um, and Willie, uh, who fills in on the show, of course, Willie Ramirez, has influenced me. Um, I'm tracking my calories, my macros, as the kids call them, um, and, you know, like to order things that fit within my diet. And so I went to Chipotle, and I ordered something. It wasn't, like, crazy. I didn't have them, like, weigh the food or anything like that. Their website's got, like, a little calculator that gives you all the calories and everything so you can create your meal. And so I ordered my meal, and the woman who was making my burrito scoffed at my food like she literally <laughs> straight up scoffed at my order and i kind of was taken aback and i was like oh uh, and like to the point where she asked me a follow-up question as to what else i would like and i had to have her repeat it because i was so so shocked at her scoff at my order that i couldn't it, almost like the response to you of like the choco taco sure. and my mexican wife it was the same thing where i was just kind of caught in like limbo where i was like what do i even do like maybe was, was, was so she rude. was she joking as well I don't think so. She looked like really irritated and scoffed at my order and then told the lady. So this is the crazy part. So I get the burrito and she scoffs at my order, which, by the way, the, the scoff part was just that I said I didn't want rice. Like, it's not like I didn't like had anything crazy. It was That's just like, like a oh, yeah, common thing now, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> right. We're, well, a lot of people are going riceless. So like she scoffs at that, makes the burrito. It's really simple. Then slides it down, open, and the girl that's at the, like you know like whatever you want to call it, your toppings area mm-hmm. is like, can you roll that for me? And she goes, no, I'm going on break, and she left. <laughs> and so like she was, so she was like, you I I don't know, like she was either disgusted or the people before her were just so terrible that she scoffed at me. I have no idea, uh, but I was really mm-hmm. taken aback, and I felt ashamed of my burrito that I ordered, although very healthy and still very much within my calorie restrictions. So when was this? This is t- Today, this, okay, hours well, ago. Can you text me the location? I want to go in and I want to try it. She's gone. Uh, I mean, can I just say it? it was... No, 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 no. Oh. Give me get, just text the location, and I'll, I might go. You know, a little it's, social experiment. See if know, I get scoffed you'll at. Know where it's at? Okay. It's the one closest to the station. Okay. All right. Good deal. I have no idea what that means. Um, I mean, I do know what it means. I will have to do a search now, or you, or you could just Drop text me door. afterwards and make my life easier. Drop in Florida, okay. All right. We're good. <laughs> we're good. All right. Let's talk some betting. Uh, first of all, Aaron Judge has just raced to the top of the AL MVP odds list, right? Uh, yeah, at a couple of shops, not every single shop. Okay. You know, there's certain spots like like DraftKings still has Shohei Otani as a small favorite. And for those who are listening, and there's a lot of educated listeners out there, so they know this. But for those who don't, remember that these future odds often don't reflect like true odds, right? A lot of the times it'll reflect liability, whatever. So a shop like DraftKings, while well, maybe if you poke and prod and ask people behind the scenes who they think is a favorite, or maybe they think Judge should be the favorite, maybe they have some liability up on Shohei Otani, so they're going to leave him as like minus 105 for right now. Um, but yeah, at multiple shops now after the big weekend where he hits three dongs and scores a couple of runs, drives quite a few guys in and the, uh, have a good series against Baltimore Orioles. He is now the odds on favorite minus some spots, one fifteen to win AL MVP. And 
that coincides too with I think it was a Friday night where Otani looked like he was cruising through six and then got abused by the Braves uh, in the sixth inning and gave up six earned runs and had a really quiet series at the plate where he kind of just slumped off a little bit. So Aaron Judge is now your favorite in multiple spots. And I, I would assume, Steve, just because he's got that logo and it's the New York Yankees, he's, you know, the not a cliche because that has negative connotation, but the cliche big guy power hitter for the New York Yankees that if he continues at this pace, leads the league in home runs, which he's up by seven, I think, coming into today. There's a pretty good shot that this is his award over Shohei Otani, but he is now the odds-on favorite after a pretty big weekend. It just drives me nuts. It's no, it's not competition. Otani's the MVP. What, you know, why is it even a thing? I'm with you, Adam. Like, and you know me. And like, and actually, I'll say this: like, I've been of the camp. Like, if you want to explain to me why you believe Aaron Judge is the MVP, then like, I'll listen to it, right? And I'm not going to tell you you're an idiot. What I don't understand when it comes to the arguments against Otani is. Every time I talk to somebody about it, they present his statistics as separate things, right? Like they'll go, well, he's only top 12 in multiple pitching uh, categories. That's not good enough. And he's only top 10 in multiple hitting categories. I'm like, yes, but he's doing both of those things at the same time. Like I just, I've never understood this argument. Like a lot of people, which I think is one of the dumbest arguments, but they'll just go batting average. And it's like, Okay, but he's an everyday player who pitches every sixth game and has a sub, well, before on Friday, a sub 2-5 ERA who is striking out guys left and right and is improving as a pitcher outside of that outlier performance. Like I'm with you. If you're looking at pure value, and especially for a team that at this point has, I would think, what, 39, 40 wins? And the percentage of wins, which he has directly contributed to with not only his pitching but his hitting, if you're talking about pure value, I would say that it's Shohei Otani. But at the same time, like I can kind of understand where you're looking at a team that actually they're not they might not even finish with the best record. It's gonna be the Houston Astros, it seems. But like I can kind of get behind what you're doing with Judge, but I'm in your camp. I think it's Otani. I just don't get the people who want to completely dismiss him and want to separate all of his statistics when it's one dude doing everything. So if Judge hits sixty five home runs, Adam, and they outpace the Angels by thirty five games, is that enough? No, I don't what I don't. does he have to hit seventy five? No, if you're one of the top ten pitchers and hitters in the league, I don't. If he hits a hundred home runs, I mean a hundred, you're probably starting to make a case. <laughs> Do you actually think if he hits seventy five, it's still not good enough to win the MVP? I, I would, I would say probably not. What's he done? Probably what's he, not. What's he done on the mound? What's he done on the mound? What is o, what is Otani's record in the sixteen starts? Do you know well, it offhand? I mean, are you talking about like win loss or like actual yeah. like when he starts what the well, Angels are? Yeah, when well, no, win loss what they what they are in those sixteen games. Uh, no, I'd have to. I'd be go curious back to see that. I mean, I mean, they, Steve, they, he was on a stretch where I think it was going into that Braves game. In his last seven starts or eight starts, they were either six and one or seven and one. Yeah, like he was. I mean, he, he may, was absolutely. He may broke. strike out one hundred ninety five, hit thirty three home runs, hit two fifty. Then yeah, I think it's an even race. If especially if Judge if Judge breaks the the Maris record, I mean you have you probably have no shot. Let's see if if Judge wins three games on the mound, then okay, we'll have a conversation about it. Well, then shouldn't a, so then who should win the NL MVP? Is there anybody should, that is should, there anybody that's doing that's in the top ten in both hitting and pitching? Should pitchers be considered equals to the hitters? They are. By the way, they're nine and seven in a sixteen start. Oof! Wow. What's his run support? It's not very good. Yeah, I, mean, I was going to say, I mean, yeah, but that's the other thing too, Steve. I mean, that's kind of—he's got a two eighty ERA. It was two thirty eight before he gets beat up by the Braves the other day. Yeah, I mean, that's—it's a good debate. Say, I'm just, just going to push. I'm just going to push back. Like it's no contest the other way. Like Judge has no shot. That's 
that's silly. I'm well. Judge has no case. Judge certainly right. has a shot because of the home runs, and I, I'll I'll buy into that because of the big market. Somehow the Angels but, have eluded big market treatment. Can I also just say <laughs> really quickly, like what you're talking about, Steve? Like one of the things that I also dislike about the argument when it comes to like these two, right? And you you kind of mentioned it as part of your argument, which is if they outpace the Angels by a set amount of wins. Well, also part of the reason why they're going to outpace the Angels is that their pitching staff has been absolutely incredible as well. Like, there's a lot of mm-hmm. different facets that build up that record for the New York Yankees. Otani, especially with Judge, or excuse me, Trout on the injured list, has almost done this by himself throughout this entire year, and I think that should come into account for this. Again, not to discount Judge, but I like the record thing kind of irritates me when, especially in a sport like baseball, there's so many moving parts and so many things that go to a winning record for a certain team. John Von Tobel, Vsin with Cofield. And Adam Hill, have you bet the Celtics yet as a proactive better because they're going to get Kevin Durant? Uh, no, I have not. Um, I'm not sure if they're going to get Kevin Durant. Um, if they want to balk and you know move some of the extra pieces that it was reported. So for those who had missed it, uh, Sham Sharanya reporting very early this morning, and as was, I think it was Woj Dramowski, uh, that the Boston Celtics have gotten into the fracas when it comes to dealing for Kevin Durant. Uh, the package was Jalen Brown, Derek White, and draft compensation, I think I'm missing a player in there. Um, but a part of it was the Nets wanted more draft compensation, Marcus Smart, and potentially another rotational player. So that's quite the package. I'd be willing to move off of Marcus Smart personally if like, if you can kind of whittle that down and go, oh, we'll give you Marcus Smart and nothing else in terms of draft compensation, along with what we're still offering. I think that's a good deal for both sides. Um, but I still don't think, like, look, that's a really good team. And if your core is Malcolm Brogdon, Jason Tatum, Kevin Durant, Al Horford, Robert Williams, you're up to a pretty good start. I think your guard depth comes into question. You're going to have to fill some holes there. But we're talking already, like, plus 550. They were the favorite to win this. I thought they were a little overvalued already. Now you're going to get in the range of, like, I would assume some shops like 450 or something. It's just too short to bet at this point, especially over the course of a long season where you're going to be able to grab that number whenever you want it, even if they get them, you know? Now, when I said Celtics, I meant bet them for the title. Can we bet the wins yet on the Celtics? So PointsBet has put up in a n- other you know number of markets win totals that are out there. Uh, I they have not adjusted the win total for Boston as I have seen because of course it's not official. Uh, some spots maybe PointsBet takes it down uh, just in case you know whatever happens and they're going to adjust that win total. But they are up in a couple of markets if you're out there. And I will say this: one thing that stuck out to me, and I think I've told you guys this before, um, when it comes to winning a title, I don't think what Minnesota did is going to help them do that. But when it comes to winning a crap ton of regular season games. I think what Minnesota did is totally going to help them do that. I thought their win total was going to be set, or at least I set it right around 51 and a half. And they opened up points bet their win total at 49 and a half with a plus price to the over. So if you have a, you know, the means of getting into a market in which points bet is available, that is a bet that I think is definitely worth making. And it does give you an idea of what a majority of these other spots might open up here. So given the fact that, you know, it hasn't really moved yet at this point, if we get 49 and a half on a win total for the Minnesota Timberwolves uh, when it's readily available out here in Vegas, count me in because I think this team has 50 plus wins written all over it, especially in the regular season, which is a completely different animal than the postseason. That's going to be a really good regular season team next year. John, what's your new Sunday show on VSIN? The football betting guide, it is two hours of pure, unadulterated pigskin pontification. So you may want to check that out on Sundays, three to five. Are you going to get better guests in the future than than you did yesterday? I know that my producer's not listening, so I'll say, hopefully. (laughs) Were you on? Yes. Okay. Well, we also had a, I I won't name him, but like we had a pro football focus guest uh, booked, and then he just like no-showed and his phone was on, like, (laughs) 
you know how you can see like the little moon like when people have iPhones yeah like he, he mooned us and just like never responded so banned for banned for life I mean for me yeah good so <laughs> uh, but you know he'll probably appear on the network I'm not I don't I'm not that powerful just not on your show that's right never on my you stiff me one time you're out for life yep forever last minute. I see that you've made three win total plays in the NFL. They're all kind of against the grain, especially from the, the popular team standpoint. What's your favorite? You bet the Patriots, the Giants, the Niners. Yeah, I went under on the Patriots and the Niners and over on the Giants. Um, and I, th- I feel like Adam might be in, like, in with me kind of on New York. I like Brian Dable a lot. Like I like Dable a lot. I think he's going to maximize the offense quite a bit with Daniel Jones. We saw him. He was a really big part of the development for Josh Allen. I like a little bit of the pieces, what they have defensively. If Kayvon Thibodeau hits, and all of a sudden you're looking at that interior of the defensive line, it's a strength. There's things there for them. They have, if you if you measure strength of schedule by win totals, uh, they have the easiest schedule in the National Football League, the Giants do. They add it to their offensive line. Like I, I really like all of the pieces. And if you're talking about winning eight, nine games in that division with the easiest schedule at a plus price, um, I'm in. I, that's my favorite win total of the three. But it went under on eight and a half with the Patriots, and I went under on San Francisco as well. And you also with the Giants don't have to worry about a quarterback injury because they'd actually improve if they went to their backup. Tyrod. Well, here we go with the Tyrod material in early August. <laughs> See, there we go. Yeah. That's why I knew you'd be in. Yeah, it's not even early August. I actually, it's, it's sooner than that, so. July. Late July, <laughs> tie god material, impressive. John, I will see you later in the week, and we definitely will get into Kyler Murray and studying. <laughs> All right, I know you. it's one of your favorite stories. There he is, John von Tobel from Vsin and a regular part of the company. You're bullish on the Giants, really? Well, because of the division? No, because I, I think they pulled the plug on Danny Dimes very quickly. They're going to let them play it out. They got to see what they have. They've seen. It's not good. <laughs> You're insane. Dable wanted Tyrod for a reason. He's reunited. Three, six, four, eleven hundred. Giveaway time. Caller seven. Red Hot Chili Peppers. Two tickets. Saturday, August 6th show at the Al. You can grab your tickets at Ticketmaster.com. But right now, Red Hot Chili Peppers tickets coming up on August 6th. Ari's got a pair of tickets. Three, six, four, eleven hundred. What do I even do? Like, Maybe was, was, so she, was she joking as well? I don't think so. She looked like really irritated and scoffed at my order and then told the lady. So this is the crazy part. So I get the burrito and she scoffs at my order, which, by the way, the, the scoff part was just that I said I didn't want rice. Like, it's not like I didn't like had anything crazy. It was That's just like, like a oh, yeah, common thing now, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> right. We're, well, a lot of people are going riceless. So like she scoffs at that, makes the burrito. It's really simple. Then slides it down open, and the girl that's at, like, you know, like, whatever you want to call it, your toppings area, mm-hmm. is like, can you roll that for me? And she goes, no, I'm going on break. And she left. And so, like, she was, so she was like, you I, I don't know. Like, she was either disgusted or the people before her were just so terrible that she scoffed at me. I have no idea. Uh, but I was really <laughs> taken aback, and I felt ashamed of my burrito that I ordered, although very healthy and still very much within my calorie restrictions. So. When was this? This is t- Today, this, okay, hours well, ago. Can you text me the location? I want to go in and I want to try it. She's gone. Uh, I mean, can I just say it? it was... No, 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 no. Oh. Give me get, just text the location, and I'll, I might go. You know, a little it's, social experiment. See know, if I get scoffed you'll at. Know where it's at? Okay. It's the one closest to the station. Okay, all right, good deal. I have no idea what that means. Um, I mean, I do know what it means. I will have to do a search now, or you, or you could just Drop text me down. afterwards and make my life easier. Dropping forward Okay, all right, we're good. <laughs> we're good. All right, let's talk some betting. Uh, first of all, Aaron Judge has just raced to the top of the AL MVP 
odds list, right? Uh, you had a couple of shops, not every single shop. Okay. You know, there's certain spots like like DraftKings still has Shoyotani as a small favorite. And for those who are listening, and there's a lot of educated listeners out there, so they know this. But for those who don't, remember that these future odds often don't reflect like true odds, right? A lot of the times it'll reflect liability, whatever. So a shop like DraftKings, while maybe if you poke and prod and ask the people behind the scenes who they think is a favorite, or maybe they think Judge should be the favorite, maybe they have some liability up on Shoyotani, so they're going to leave him as like minus 105 for right now. Um, but yeah, at multiple shops now after the big weekend where he hits three dongs and scores a couple of runs, drives quite a few guys in and the, uh, have a good series against Baltimore Orioles. He is now the odds on favorite minus some spots, 115 to win AL MVP. And that coincides too with, I think it was at Friday night where Otani looked like he was cruising through six and then got abused by the Braves uh, in the sixth inning and gave up six earned runs and had a really quiet series of the plate where he kind of just slumped off a little bit. So Aaron Judge is now your favorite in multiple spots. And I would assume, Steve, just because he's got that logo and it's the New York Yankees, he's, you know, the not a cliche because that has negative connotation, but the cliche big guy power hitter for the New York Yankees that if he continues at this pace, leads the league in home runs, which he's up by seven, I think, coming into today, there's a pretty good shot that this is his award over Shohei Otani. But he is now the odds on favorite after a pretty big weekend. It just drives me nuts. It's no, it's not competition. Otani's the MVP. What, you know, why is it even a thing? I'm with you, Adam. Like, and you know me. I'm like, and actually, I'll say this. Like, I've been of the camp. Like, if you want to explain to me why you believe Aaron Judge is the MVP, then like, I'll listen to it, right? And I'm not going to tell you you're an idiot. What I don't understand when it comes to the arguments against Otani is every time I talk to somebody about it, they present his statistics as separate things, right? right. Like, they'll go, "Well, he's only top 12 in multiple pitching uh, categories." That's not good enough. And he's only top 10 in multiple hitting categories. I'm like, yes, but he's doing both of those things at the same time. Like, I just, I've never understood this argument. Like, a lot of people, which I think is one of the dumbest arguments, but they'll just go batting average. And it's like, okay, but he's an everyday player who pitches every sixth game and has a sub, well, before on Friday, a sub 2-5 ERA who is striking out guys left and right and is improving as a pitcher outside of that outlier performance. Like, I'm with you. If you're looking at pure value, and especially for a team that at this point has, I would think, what, 39, 40 wins, and the percentage of wins which he has directly contributed to with not only his pitching but his hitting, if you're talking about pure value, I would say that it's Shohei Otani. But at the same time, like, I can kind of understand where you're looking at a team that actually they're not, they might not even finish with the best record. It's going to be the Houston Astros, it seems. But like, I can kind of get behind what you're doing with Judge, but I'm in your camp. I think it's Otani. I just don't get the people who want to completely dismiss him and want to separate all of his statistics when it's one dude doing everything. So if Judge hits 65 home runs, Adam, and they outpace the Angels by 35 games, is that enough? No, I don't. What does he have to hit 75? If you're one of the top ten pitchers and hitters in the league, I don't. If he hits a hundred home runs, I mean a hundred, you're probably starting to make a case. <laughs> Do you actually think if he hits seventy five, it's still not good enough to win the MVP? I, I would, I would say probably not. What's he done? Probably what's he, not. What's he done on the mound? What's he done on the mound? What is o, what is Otani's record in his sixteen starts? Do you know well, it offhand? The, uh, I mean, are you talking about like win loss or like actual yeah. like when he starts? What the well, Angels are? Yeah, when well, no, win loss. What they what they are in those sixteen games. Uh, no, I'd have to. I'd be curious to see look. that. I mean, I mean, they, Steve, they, he was on a stretch where I think it was going into that Braves game. In his last seven starts or eight starts, they were either six and one or seven and one. Yeah, like he was. I mean, he, he may was absolutely. He broke. may strike out 195, hit 33 home runs, hit 250. That's, then yeah, I think it's an even race. If especially if Judge if Judge breaks the the Maris record, 
I mean, you have you have, probably have no shot. Well, see, if if Judge wins three games on the mound, then okay, we'll have a conversation about it. Well, then shouldn't a, so then who should win the NL MVP? Is there anybody should, that should, is there anybody that's doing that's in the top ten in both hitting and pitching? Should pitchers be considered equals to the hitters? They are. By the way, they're nine and seven in his sixteen starts. Oof! Wow. What's his run support? It's not very good. Yeah, what's I was going to say, I mean, yeah, but that's the other thing too, Steve. I mean, that's kind of he's got a two eighty ERA. It was two thirty eight before he gets beat up by the Braves the other day. Yeah, I mean that's it's a good debate. Say, I'm just, just going to push. I'm just going to push back like it's no contest the other way. Like Judge has no shot. That's that's silly. I'm well. Judge has no case. Judge certainly right. has a shot because of the home runs, and I, I'll I'll buy into that because of the big market. Somehow the Angels but, have eluded big market treatment. Can I also just say Orange really County. quickly, like what you're talking about, Steve, like. One of the things that I also dislike about the argument when it comes to like these two, right? And you you kind of mentioned it as part of your argument, which is if they outpace the Angels by a set amount of wins. Well, also part of the reason why they're going to outpace the Angels is that their pitching staff has been absolutely incredible as well. Like there's a lot of mm-hmm. different facets that build up that record for the New York Yankees. Otani, especially with Judge or excuse me, Trout on the injured list, has almost done this by himself throughout this entire year, and I think that should come into account for this. Again, not to discount Judge. But I like the record thing kind of irritates me when, especially in a sport like baseball, there's so many moving parts and so many things that go to a winning record for a certain team. John Von Tobel, VSIN with Cofield and Adam Hill. Have you bet the Celtics yet? Is a proactive better because they're going to get Kevin Durant? Uh, no, I have not. Um, I'm not sure if they're going to get Kevin Durant. Um, if they want to balk and, you know, move some of the extra pieces that it was reported. So for those who had missed it, uh, Sham Sharanya reporting very early this morning, and as was, I think it was Roe Jarowski, uh, that the Boston Celtics have gotten into the fracas when it comes to dealing for Kevin Durant. Uh, the package was Jalen Brown, Derek White, and draft compensation. I think I'm missing a player in there. Um, but a part of it was the Nets wanted more draft compensation, Marcus Smart, and potentially another rotational player. So that's quite the package. I'd be willing to move off of Marcus Smart personally if like, if you can kind of whittle that down and go, oh, we'll give you Marcus Smart and nothing else in terms of draft compensation along with what we're still offering. I think that's a good deal for both sides. Um, but I still don't think, like, look, that's a really good team. And if your core is Malcolm Brogdon, Jason Tatum, Kevin Durant, Al Horford, Robert Williams, you're up to a pretty good start. I think your guard depth comes into question. You're going to have to fill some holes there. But we're talking already, like, plus 550. They were the favorite to win this. I thought they were a little overvalued already. Now you're going to get in the range of, like, I would assume some shops like 450 or something. It's just too short to bet at this point, especially over the course of a long season where you're going to be able to grab that number whenever you want it, even if they get them, you know? Now, when I said Celtics, I meant bet them for the title. Can we bet the wins yet on the Celtics? So points bet has put up in a n- other, you know, number of markets win totals that are out there. Uh, I they have not adjusted the win total for Boston as I have seen because of course it's not official. Uh, some spots maybe points bet takes it down uh, just in case you know whatever happens and they're going to adjust that win total. But they are up in a couple of markets if you're out there. And I will say this: one thing that stuck out to me, and I think I've told you guys this before, um, when it comes to winning a title, I don't think what Minnesota did is going to help them do that. But when it comes to winning a crap ton of regular season games. I think what Minnesota did is totally going to help them do that. I thought their win total was going to be set, or at least I set it right around 51 and a half. And they opened up points bet their win total at 49 and a half with a plus price to the over. So if you have a, you know, the means of getting into a market in which points bet is available, that is a bet that I think is definitely worth making. And it does give you an idea of what a majority of these other spots might open up here. So given the fact that, you know, it hasn't really moved yet at this point, 
if we get 49 and a half on a win total for the Minnesota Timberwolves, uh, when it's readily available out here in Vegas, count me in. Because I think this team has 50 plus wins written all over it, especially in the regular season, which is a completely different animal than the postseason. That's going to be a really good regular season team next year. John, what's your new Sunday show on VEASAN? The Football Betting Guide, it is two hours of pure, unadulterated pigskin pontification. So you may want to check that out on Sundays, three to five. Are you going to get better guests in the future than you did yesterday? I know that my producer is not listening, so I'll say hopefully. <laughs> Were you on? Yes. Okay. Well, we also had a, I won't name him, but like we had a pro football focus guest uh, booked, and then he just like no-showed and his phone was on. Like, <laughs> you know how you can see like the little moon? Like when people have iPhones, yeah, like he, he mooned us and just like never responded. So banned for great. banned for life. I mean, for me, yeah, good. So, <laughs> uh, but you know, he'll probably appear on the network. I'm not. I don't. I'm not that powerful. Just not on your show. That's right. Never on my. You stiff me one time, you're out for life. Yep. Forever. Last minute, I see that you've made three win total plays in the. NFL, they're all kind of against the grain, especially from the, the popular team standpoint. What's your favorite? You bet the Patriots, the Giants, and Niners. Yeah, I went under on the Patriots and the Niners and over on the Giants. Um, and I, th- I feel like Adam might be in like in with me kind of on New York. I like Brian Dable a lot. Like I like Dable a lot. I think he's going to maximize the offense quite a bit with Daniel Jones. We saw him. He was a really big part of the development for Josh Allen. I like a little bit of the pieces, what they have defensively. If Kayvon Thibodeau hits, and all of a sudden you're looking at that interior of the defensive line, it's a strength. There's things there for them. They have, if you, if you measure strength of schedule by win totals, uh, they have the easiest schedule in the National Football League, the Giants do. They add it to their offensive line. Like I, I really like all of the pieces. And if you're talking about winning eight, nine games in that division with the easiest schedule at a plus price, um, I'm in. I, that's my favorite win total of the three. But it went under on eight and a half with the Patriots, and I went under on San Francisco as well. And you also with the Giants don't have to worry about a quarterback injury because they'd actually improve if they went to their backup. Tyrod. Well, here we go with the Tyrod material in early August. <laughs> See, there we go. Yeah. That's why I knew you'd be in. Yeah, it's not even early August. I actually, it's, it's sooner than that, so. July. Late July, <laughs> tie God material. Impressive. John, I will see you later in the week, and we definitely will get into Kyler Murray and studying. <laughs> All right. I know. You. It's one of your favorite stories. There he is, John Von Tobel from VSIN and a regular part of the company. You're bullish on the Giants? Really? Well, because of the division? No, because I, I think they pulled the plug on Danny Dimes very quickly. They're going to let them play it out. They got to see what they have. They've seen. It's not good. <laughs> You're insane. Dable wanted Tyrod for a reason. He's reunited. 3641100 giveaway time. Caller 7, Red Hot Chili Peppers, two tickets Saturday, August 6th show at the Al. You can grab your tickets at ticketmaster.com, but right now, Red Hot Chili Peppers tickets coming up on August 6th. Ari's got a pair of tickets 3641100.